0: Um
1: podcasts.
0: podcasts that's right it is go birds radio presented by parks casino and sportsbook james seltzer and elliot shore parks with you from Vegas baby what up Elliot
3: what's going on man what's going on i wish i was in the studio with you but i got to say being down in Vegas i've been here since thursday actually which is you know both both a blessed a blessing and a curse <laughs> i would say <laughs> Lots of Eagles fans down here, lots of Eagles fans walking around the the place I'm staying, being out on the uh, out on the strip here. Lots and lots of Eagles fans. So I know I feel like I say this every week and it does seem like Eagles fans are traveling more this year, maybe because they couldn't last year. But I think we're going to see more Eagles fans at this game tomorrow than we have at any road game in wow. recent history.
0: Well, I mean, it makes sense. It's not surprising. It's the Eagles' first ever game yeah. in Las Vegas. It is. We know how well Eagles fans travel. I'm sure the fans of Philly trip is is rocking. And uh, and of course, like, why wouldn't you go to Vegas to watch the Eagles play if you can go to Vegas and watch the Eagles play? So set the scene for us before we dive in, just because like I know I've been to Vegas a few times. And and a little bit of a different thing, but I've been there for a fish show, and I know that when fish is there, it's it's such a unique thing to see Las Vegas taken over by, by a bunch of, like, hippies, essentially. Is it like that with Eagles fans? Is it like you walk into the casino and there's Eagles fans all over? Is, is that kind of the feel?
3: Yeah, let's just say it seems like Eagles fans are very much enjoying their time at the <laughs> casino. I have a feeling there's lots of money being spent, hopefully lots of money being won, right? That's what yes, I, I would hope for yes. for these fans. That have made the trip. But yeah, I mean, look, this is my first time out here in Vegas. I've been texting with you uh, throughout the the few days I've been here, giving you kind of my feedback on what I think of it. And it it's like an adult playground. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, it's just Eagles fans everywhere. Like, uh, yeah, l- lots of fun is being had. Obviously, I'm here on a business trip. I'm doing work. So, you know, I, I have not been partaking in the fun as much, but you know, maybe once go birds radio, uh, ends, if any Eagles fans have, uh, anything they're doing tonight, or I will say this, any advice for like what games I should go play. I'm Ooh, a terrible card player. I played, I played the slots a little bit, but that's just basically pressing a button. So if anyone has any advice, I'm open to us uh, and some suggestions.
0: I love this two one five right, let's get into it because on top of obviously the fun that is a Vegas trip, There's also a a massively important football game for this team tomorrow, an Eagles team that, you know, look, we'll we'll, kind of get into it, but, you know, whether or not they're a playoff team or not, you know, I think we have differing views on that. But if they're, you know, we've said this before, the Carolina game, but but I think it holds true here. If the Eagles are going to make the playoffs, they need to win this type of football game here. Where are you at right now with the Eagles six games in, heading into a a pivotal game in Vegas against a, a solid, if not better Raiders team?
3: Yeah, so, so as we mentioned, I am here in Vegas, which means I had, you know, about a five-and-a-half-hour flight on the way out here to, to think about this team. Lots of Eagles fans here, so I've been talking to a lot of them about the team. And I think where, I, where I've landed heading into this game tomorrow, and you're absolutely right, it is a must-win game. Like, playoffs, no playoffs, whatever, this is a game they absolutely have to win. And, and, you know, we'll get into our predictions in a little bit. But where I think I'm at with the team is I think my advice to Eagles fans would be you're overreacting. Right, I, I don't think this team is as bad as it seems. Some people seem to think they are. I think that Nick Sirianni isn't as bad of a coach as, as he had sh- as he has shown. Jalen Hurts, I think, is better than he's shown. I think what we're really looking at is an Eagles team that at two and four is just. They've played a really tough schedule. They've played the third toughest schedule so far in the NFL. You look at some of these teams they've played. The Cowboys are arguably the best team in the NFL, right? You you can parse it, maybe the Bills, whatever. The Cowboys are in the discussion. The Buccaneers are defending Super Bowl champions. Like, they lost to the Buccaneers, and people were upset, and I get why. You don't want to watch the Eagles lose. But they were never supposed to beat the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are not are, are in a different stratosphere than the Eagles are right now. The Chiefs, I don't care what the record says. We all know the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the NFL and one of the hardest teams to play. So that schedule that, I, you know, hand up, we say this a lot on the radio show, hand up when we're wrong, the schedule that I thought was going to be a, easier has turned out to be an extremely tough one. And now I think going forward, you're going to see what this team really is. But even with the tough schedule... Uh, pro football focus has him ranked as a sixteenth best team in the NFL. So right in the middle. Their offense is twelfth. The defense is twenty-second. Not great, but they played some great quarterbacks. Where they've been really good along the lines. I think Jalen Hurts has shown a lot of potential at moments. Definitely some concerning some concerning signs. But I think now that we just got through this mini bye week, we haven't watched him play in a little bit. I think you can take a step back and say, Relax, the team's not in as bad a shape as people seem to think they are. They've played a tough schedule, and we're about to really find out where they stand with these upcoming games.
0: Look, I love the positivity. I'm all for hope, but I just, I think you're overselling this team. It's just not a good football team. It's not a good head coach so far. It's been a bad quarterback so far, and I'm, look, I am not out on Jalen Hurts. I'm not fully out on Nick Sirianni, though I'm certainly on my way out on Nick Sirianni, but... Like, this team, it's it's not necessarily about the wins and losses right now. It's about the way they've looked in these wins and losses. It's about the mistakes. It's about the vanilla offense, the lack of creativity, the lack of – again, I keep going back to this, but it is the the, the single thing with Nick Sirianni that, that upsets me the most is this – whole rallying cry heading into the season I'm going to put players in positions to be successful I'm going to coach my players what does that player do guess what I'm going to put him in positions to do that thing that he's good at and then we see Jalen Hurts throw more than any other quarterback in the league we see him dropping back and being a pocket passer and them doing absolutely nothing to help this kid and not put players in positions to be successful we've seen nothing creative nothing different Ray Dinger was obviously just on before us was talking earlier in the week on the midday show about how this coach staff never sets things up like you know every coaching staff in the legal run plays early in the game to see how a defense Mm -hmm. reacts to it and then use that against them later in the game this this staff does none of that stuff like it just feels like we're watching a a a coaching staff and a roster that that whenever yes it's been they've played some good teams but whenever they play a a quality nfl team of any kind looks uh, like they should be on the same field with that team and and even if they've gotten garbage time points to come back and stuff like like, yeah, they lost to Tampa Bay by six. It felt like a 30-point loss. They were just outclassed on that field. I, I think you are way – I understand the, the I understand your point that it has been a somewhat tough schedule so far. I know the numbers say that, and it gets easier. But I don't know how you could watch this team. And, look, Hurts, too, who I like and I'm not totally out on or anything. He's only 23 years old. It's only, what, 10-11 starts. But – man, he misses a lot of throws he has to make. He is not using the whole field as a quarterback. He doesn't look like he's going through his progressions effectively. Like, I just don't know how you can look at this team, this roster, where they're at right now, and how they've been coached, and feel anything but but negative about them moving forward.
3: So, yeah, look, I'm not. I'm not on the complete opposite side of you on this one, right? Like I said, this is something I've been thinking a lot about. I'm not firm on the side of look. Everyone's overreacting. I do see more positive uh, signs than it seems like you do. But to your point, that that's what's one of the most uh, discouraging team things about the team or frustrating things is the 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 reasons they're not good have been a lot of self-inflicted stuff. Like to your point, you talk about uh, the lack of a running game. That is one of the most indefensible things I've ever covered during my time with the Eagles. Like, the, the Sirianni's lack of just running the ball is, again, one of the most indefensible things, but also one of the craziest things. Like, he gets up there and he says, well, you know, the RPO game and, you know, the screens and all that. No, just call plays where you hand the ball to Miles Sanders. It's not that complicated. So yes, I agree with you on that. The penalties, they're a sign, that, that's a sign of, you know, a, a reckless team, uh, not a well-coached team, and they're new. And, you know, Sirianni's early on, so I can see why, but the penalties are not like a lack of talent right so when I when I look at the first games and the reason I think there is some reason for encouragement is I mean you mentioned the Buccaneers right yeah they're not supposed to be on the same field as them but you look at the three teams that I would say are kind of in the same type of place where the Eagles are the Falcons the Panthers and the 49ers right 49ers a class above probably but at least in that discussion they beat the Falcons they beat the Panthers and they should have beat the 49ers so I I just I think that Again, there's going to be learning curves. You talked about this a lot coming into the season, how there's going to be games Sirianni cost him, how there's going to be games where Jalen Hurts doesn't play well. And we've seen that, right? Sirianni probably cost him a game against the 49ers with this poor play calling in the red zone. Jalen Hurts definitely cost him that game against the Cowboys where he just had one of his worst games, actually his worst game in an Eagles uniform. So there's been growing pains. But to come out of these first six games with those growing pains, with those self-inflicted wounds, and to be at 2-4 and four, with this schedule coming, up, I, I just, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think people should be, you know, feeling, oh, Sirianni's definitely not the guy. I heard Joe DeCamara say this, who obviously I respect a lot, say he's the worst coach he's ever seen. Like, that's a, it's an Eagles overstatement coach. to me. Yeah, worst Eagles coach. Yeah, sorry, worst Eagles coach. Uh, yeah, correct. Worst Eagles coach. Like, that's an overstatement to me, right? And so I, I just think that you look moving forward, and again, the Raiders game is huge. But they have the Lions. They have the Broncos. They have the Giants, the Jets, Washington. Like, there are wins here to be had. And I think that that's where – and we've seen it already. When they play teams that aren't, like, top five in the NFL – they, they're right with them or they beat them. And coming forward, they're going to have a lot of teams that aren't top five in the NFL and are actually in the bottom half of the NFL. And that's when I think you're going to get a better look at what this team is.
0: Yeah, they just need to look better in doing it, though. Like, the Panthers win. Yes, it was a win. But did anyone come out of that game feeling like it was a win? No, that, literally, the next day on the station, I, I it's the only time in my history of working at WIP that after a win – there was like 95% negative calls the next day. Like it was just no one was happy because Sam Darnold handed them the game. They didn't like win it. They fought, but they were horrible the vast majority of the game. And I think that's the problem with this team is it's hard to get excited. It's hard to believe in this team when they look so bad on a week to week basis. 215-592-9494. Come to the phones in one set. Quickly, let's spin it to tomorrow because it is a huge yeah. game. And I go into it and I feel like a lot of Eagles fans and a lot of people are falling into the same trap where we look at a team and say, oh, the Raiders aren't that good. The Eagles can play with them. The Eagles will be fine. The Raiders are good. The Raiders are a good football team. They're 4-2. and two. They beat the Ravens. They've got some good wins. They beat Pittsburgh. They went into Denver last night and and just handled the Broncos after their coach got fired like or resigned. Like I, I don't know. I, I think the Raiders are, are pretty good, and I don't feel optimistic about the Eagles' chances tomorrow, Elliot.
3: Well, remember this for when they beat the Raiders tomorrow, right? When we're doing our post-game show, post-game pod, remember that you said the Raiders are a good team. I'm not as with you on that. I think the Raiders are a fine team. I think they're, you know, in the class of the 49ers and the uh, Panthers type of team. I think Derek Carr is good, not great. And I look at the the two things that the Raiders do well on offense, or at least what you would be worried about. Henry Ruggs, he goes deep a lot. He's tough to to stop from beating deep. If there's anything this Eagles offense does well, it's stop teams from making big plays down the field. They've allowed, I believe, 11 catches over 20 yards, second fewest in the NFL behind only the Bills. And then Darren Waller, if not the best tight end in the league, certainly in the discussion, you look at how they've done against these elite tight ends they've played this season, right? Uh, Kelsey didn't do much against them. Kyle Pitts, I know it was his first game, he didn't do much against them. So they've played good tight ends and done a good job covering them. So... I look at the matchups with this and this is where it ultimately comes down to too. The Eagles this year are going to beat teams that have bad offensive lines. The Raiders have a bad offensive line. So I think the Eagles actually have some matchup advantages going into this.
0: 94-94. I think we are underrating Derek Carr and how good he is. I think we're underrating what this Raiders team has going on right now. Again, I don't think they're great. I think they're good. And I don't think the Eagles are good. That's my problem is I look at this game and I look at the Eagles and I just don't think they're a good football team. I think they're more bad than good. And mediocre is, is almost like uh, uh, not not you know, not saying how bad they are. Like, I, I just have so little faith in Nick Sirianni to go into this game with a, with a, a coherent game plan, a strong game plan, and, and do the right thing. Like, how about, like, like, this is the spot, right? Like, run the freaking ball. Run yeah. the ball. The Raiders are 26 in yards per carry in the league. Like, they're horrible. You, can, I think they're allowing, like, close to five yards a carry or something. Like, you can run the ball against the Raiders. Like, do it, dude. Do it. We're going to find out. Tomorrow's a big one for Nick Sirianni. 2-1-5. And, and,
3: oh, and, and to that point, really quick, to that point, like – if he's ever going to run the ball, this is the time to do it. it I can I can kind of look over the okay first six games as an NFL coach like it's a whirlwind all those things still inexcusable. But at least that could be one reason where you could look at it coming off this mini buy going against this team. If he does not run the ball 15, 18 times, not RPOs, like run the ball 15, 18 times, it, it's in it's inexcusable.
0: 94 We normally started out. In Abington with our buddy Tom. He has a wedding today. So we're going to start mm. with another Tom, our buddy in Vancouver. Tommy, how are you, pal? Hello.
3: Hello. How are you, gentlemen? I'm well. What's Doing on, good, Tommy? man. I got to say, if it couldn't be Tom Tom from Abington, I'm excited it's you. Oh, well, that's
4: very nice of you. I like being the substitute, Tom.
3: And I have <laughs> to say
4: that, that, uh, that he is a fantastic caller. Like, he's always got uh, a great rhythm to his comments and all the rest of it. He takes little digs at Elliot, which is always fun, and Elliot's got a thick skin, so it doesn't bother him. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So it's all good. All right. So um, I have a question, and I'll try and do this, I guess, a little bit in uh, as an ode to Tom in terms of the spirit of Tom. Must win for what reason, Elliot?
3: Because if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to need probably eight or nine wins, right? I would think. I mean, it's the first year with three wild cards, so we're not exactly sure. But I believe Sa- the wild second, card team— Second year with three wild cards. Sorry, second year, year, second year. Yeah. But We had an 8-8 la- la- team
0: last year. It's the first year with 17
3: games, so we don't really know whether
0: it's 8-8, 8-9, 9-8. You know, what, what kind of record is going to
3: be needed? Right, exactly. And so so, when you look at the upcoming schedule, I just think this is one of the winnable games on the schedule because the Chargers are going to be tough, right? That's probably going to be a tough game. The Saints you can debate, but I think this is a game that you you have to win flat out. Like, you have to win these next two games, get to 4-4, and and you put yourself in a good position.
4: If you're going for the playoffs, then yes, I agree. So I I think it's a little bit much to say it's a must-win in general for the Eagles. But if it's specifically for the playoffs, then that's fine. I think if someone... Uh, because I know you guys also do a betting uh, podcast, if someone bet the over on 6.5 wins for the season, then I do not think that this is a must win. True. So That's fair. Okay. Yeah. If the Eagles run a lot, you know, it's interesting what you say about the stats, you guys are saying about the stats, because I think it depends where you go for them. I know Warren Sharp, according to the way he looks at stats, the Raiders are top 10 run defense. And if mm. that's, uh, if his way of looking at it is correct, then they're going to be stacking the box just like every other team has done. And I think that that could be an issue. Um, So the positive, I agree though that the Raiders can't run and this, and the strength is a big time passing and their strength is big time passing plays. And Jonathan's too high safety will work against that. But sorry, Elliot, I cut you off.
3: No, I was just gonna say you bring up Warren Sharp. I mean, I, I would, I would guess that the Eagles' front office view of how they view teams is very much in line with Warren Sharp. So, you know, if if you're someone uh, like my good friend James that thinks that the front office is very influential mm-hmm. in the play calling, like that's something to keep in mind. It's a great point,
0: Elliot.
4: Yes, analytics, oh, that, my
0: friend. I think that's that the, word, really
3: the buzzword we're looking for. Is analytics
4: there? Okay, so I've got a, a, uh, a couple of questions for you. What do you guys think about uh, John's comment that Sirianni uh, doesn't uh, – John Ritchie – that Sirianni uh, doesn't understand RPOs and Hertz isn't good at West Coast offense? So it's yeah. a little bit like oil uh, and vinegar.
0: I thought that was a really fascinating point, especially when he brought up the comment from Shane Steichen talking about how he has not had much experience, you know, working with RPOs. He did a little with Justin Herbert last year, he said, but he's like, prior to that, I've been with Phil Rivers. So I haven't done it much. Um I, I think it's concerning. I, look, I think it's a really interesting point. I don't know. You know, it's it's an inference. Obviously, we're not in that room. We don't know. But, you know, it certainly seems like there is the potential that Sirianni's play-calling styles and Jalen Hurts' best abilities don't necessarily
4: mesh. Okay. So, two other questions. In hindsight, would you take Justin Fields over Devonta Smith?
3: Wow. And uh, it. It's a great question. I, I would not. Uh, I might, but I, I, I'm, there's I'm gonna, an argument for it. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm 50-50. I, I don't I'm know. I honestly don't know.
4: Okay, and then last question, and I'll let you get on with the show. It's a question from last week, and, Elliot, uh, you'll get to weigh in on this now. Who do you think is a better coach team right now after last week's game? Because we hadn't had the benefit of that, the Raiders or the Eagles?
0: <laughs> Tommy, a pleasure, my friend. Great call. Uh, look, I mean, uh, the Raiders, we only have one example, but they were coached well last week. Rich Passaccia.
3: Yeah, so I, I, I saw an interesting stat this week that uh, since. This is last hold up, two- This
0: is a super. Hey, listen up. Because the, Elliot said this on the pod. And this is actually a really interesting stat, especially if you're looking for hope for tomorrow.
3: Yeah. So since 2020, uh, interim head coaches, including last week, so including the Raiders win, are 4-0. and they're 0-3 in their next game. And I think that makes a lot of sense because you think about one game, you know, everyone rallies together. You know, I mean, think even didn't Pat Shermer win his only game as yeah, interim head sure. coach, right? So so I think that, yes, they were impressive last week. I think we're very much going to see them fall back down to earth. And the last thing I'd say about that is Nick Sirianni, if there is ever a week to win the coaching matchup, uh-huh. it better be over an interim head coach, yeah, right? Like, if there's team. ever a the week to games win games it, guy, this please. is it. Please? Yes, please. yes, he has to win it. Two one
0: five five nine two ninety four ninety four. 94 94. Where do you stand on this game tomorrow? Do you, are you positive? You know, do you feel good about the Eagles' chances like Elliot does? Are you more with me where I, I just think the Raiders are a better team? And where are you at after six games? Do you think Elliot's right telling people to kind of Aaron Rodgers it a little bit? Relax. We're overreacting a little too much to six games. Or are you more with me where. It's not necessarily who they're playing, it's not the games they've played, it's what we've seen with our eyes and the way they've looked that makes you so concerned with this coaching staff and with this roster. 215-592-9494. It's Elliot. it's James it's Go Birds Radio and let me tell you that the Park Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the real Philly fan college and pro football, baseball, playoffs, hockey, MMA, soccer, basketball and so much more. Bet with the best, the Park Sportsbook app live in game betting lets you bet while you watch. It is a wild ride, and, and really, you can get real great odds if you're watching a game and a team jumps out to a big lead. You can get really good odds on a team you thought was going to win the game to begin with, and and it really is something you can take advantage of and make some money. Uh, it's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania, but the money line is it changes during the game on the Park Sportsbook app. Bet on individual player performances as they happen in basketball, Bet player points, rebounds, assists in baseball, hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts, inning by inning in football. You can bet passing and rushing yards, touchdown scores, and so much more. Plus, same game parlays, props, teasers, and over-unders. And more than anything, just having some action on these games makes them so much more fun to watch. We all love football. We all love baseball. We all love watching these games when you got a little action on it. You're just that much more invested in it. And here's the deal for you. New customers, if you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Do it now. Your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash pa and use our promo code GoBirds. that's g-o-b-i-r-d-s to get your risk-free bet your risk-free bet is for fun and sake credit the website has all the details it is GoBirds radio presented by parks casino and sportsbook elliot short parks james seltzer with you elliot from vegas how about that there it is elliot. for my
3: first time too first time out here this in is vegas
0: wild man your first time in Vegas. all right quickly what what's your your number one takeaway from your first time in vegas
3: So my number one takeaway, so when I first got here, I texted you and said, this is basically just Atlantic City. (laughs) And I was
0: like, I don't think so, buddy.
3: Yeah. So then I spent more than like two hours uh, in (laughs) Vegas and- yeah, I mean, it's it's literally like what you see in the movies, like walking around is crazy, just the, the, the people watching is amazing, the casinos, I mean, the, the hotel that I'm staying in, fans of Philly, obviously set it up, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, hotel, but it's just so wild to go down the elevator, and what it's normally a hotel lobby is a casino yeah. with people gambling yeah. 24-7. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a wild place, man, it is wild, four days there is 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 a lot of days, Elliot. A lot of days. Yeah,
3: Elliot. and the the thing about me and you might know this—we've never played cards together, but I'm—I would guess you would know this about me. I'm not good at cards because I wear my emotion very yes. much on my sleeve, same as me. And I'm buddy. a terrible liar. Same as me. So like, whenever anybody. I get a good hand, I'm very excited, and it's clear on my face. So <laughs> i have never been good at uh, at gambling.
0: Yeah, maybe stay away from the card tables out there. It's probably yes. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up in a minute. A. Uh, no, we're talking Eagles here, but Elliot has a quick Sixers take I want to get to, and of course, if you want to talk Sixers, we'll always take those calls that is as it, it is like the biggest story in the city right now. But uh, but Eagles, Raiders, big big game tomorrow, and and Elliot saying don't overreact to the first six games. He thinks we're going to see a good outing from the Eagles tomorrow, and and the potential to kind of turn this season around with the schedule coming up. Where do you stand on that? Two on 94-94. two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to DeFord and talk to my buddy Andy. I haven't spoken to you in a while, bud. How you doing,
5: gentlemen? What's going on?
0: What's up, man?
3: What's
5: going on, man? I, l- I love those stats, Elliot throws out with uh, the interim coach four and zero in the first game, zero and three yeah. in the second game. But Elliot, aren't you the same guy that predicted eleven wins from the Eagles and hurts with thirty five plus touchdowns? Yeah. Come on, so, man. So-
3: well, hold on, hold on. Here's what I would say. My now actual prediction was 10 wins. Hold on, hold on. on. Annie, let him talk. Let him talk. Hold on. So I made a bet with Howard Eskin that it would be 11 wins, right? I think we can all agree as someone that make bets. You know, sometimes you go overboard. But I predicted 10 wins. I'm not Which backing Which I can
0: verify. That. Elliot, on our right. podcast, predicted 10 wins.
3: But, but again, to my point, and I'll, I'll obviously let you go after this, like, I didn't think they would start like six and oh you know the schedule ended up being tougher than I thought but there's a lot of wins to be had on the second on the second half of the schedule and that's my point today is like they've played really good teams I don't think anyone coming into the season even me who is probably the most optimistic person on this station thought that they would be able to compete with the Buccaneers the chiefs and the Cowboys ended up being way better than definitely I thought I can't speak for both of you but they're definitely better right. than I thought which 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 is a big factor for the Eagles obviously because now we all thought nine or eight wins would win the division Cowboys might win like 12 or 13 games so that's a game changer but again to my to my message for the day let's see what they are over these next few weeks like let's see if they can beat the Raiders the Lions the Broncos like there are wins to be had here yeah but here's the
5: thing you're telling fans to relax and don't hit the panic button and and this a must-win game but for what we're not going anywhere this year if we're gonna have a bad season if we're gonna get a good draft pick this is the year what are we going to do get in the playoffs with seven eight wins and go home in the first round like, what are you talking about, man? We're building well, for the future. Well, but here's the good news. It's not a Here, must-win game. News. This isn't a yeah. must-win game because if we lose, we're projected to lose. And, I mean, is it, come on, man. What are you talking about? Must-win
3: for what? Be- because you're saying you don't think they're going to make the playoffs, and you're saying you don't want them to make – or not that not, not you don't want to because I know you want the team to win, but you don't think it's in the best interest of them to make the playoffs this year. That's where I disagree. Oh, right, well, let, let me ask you, you this. If Hur- they make
5: the playoffs, are they going to make any noise in the playoffs? You foresee them winning the championship this year if they make the playoffs.
3: Because that's what it's about. But it's not always just about that, right? It's like when the Phillies, the year before they won the World Series, they made the playoffs, and that helped them catapult the next year, right? Like, in 2016, they yeah, did the playoffs. you can't compare but was...
5: baseball to football. You can't compare No, but I'm talking about to. the
3: growth of a team. The growth of a team. Like, it helps Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts if they make the playoffs this year. I think we will nah, all agree with
5: you. I disagree with you. I, Why? I How could it not the help team? them? I think it'll help the team if they get a better draft pick than making the playoffs and picking at 15
3: rather than not making the playoffs and picking in the top five. That's a huge difference. Obviously, a higher draft pick is always a good thing. But they own the Dolphins pick, which looks like that could be a top five pick, right? So the draft capital that they have, I think negates a little bit the need So, you have their own pick be very high. But also, as much as a high draft pick is great, and yes, you want to pick higher, that's not the only part of building, right? Like Jason Kelsey said last year football is not really a sport where you tank. And I think he's right about that. Like, I think building a winning culture around Sirianni, getting players to believe in him, having Jalen Hurts be the quarterback, if they can make the playoffs with Jalen Hurts, you then look at these draft picks and you say you can use them on all defense pretty much. And then that helps the defensive side of the ball. If they, you know, to your point, lose tomorrow, and like, what's the point of winning and all that? Then you're talking about maybe using all those picks on a quarterback. So I still think it's beneficial for them to make the playoffs. Thanks
0: for the call, Andy. And look, I, we've we've argued about this before, but I definitely, I definitely, while I, I am not someone who needs them to make the playoffs, and I definitely think the higher draft pick I can get, I want it. But I definitely don't think that it, I think you can't say there's no benefit to making the playoffs, that there's no, like you talked about, that there there can't be other type of benefits that come out of that from from the experience, from the belief and all that. You could also though argue that with this team, you know, maybe it presents a sense of false hope. I mean you can really go both ways on it. I don't know. I really don't know where I come down on this, but I felt pretty strongly I wanted the higher pick and I think I still do, but I get your point. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four coming up in just a sec. A sixers take from Elliot first, let's go to Central PA and talk to Chiro. Yo,
3: Chiro. What's going on, guys? How you doing? What up, man? How you doing?
6: Hey, Elliot, a piece of advice, man. Stay away from Fremont Street.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's <laughs> well, old Vegas, baby. Yeah,
6: well, bad news. I already didn't down take there, that advice. ID I was on Fremont
3: they... Street last week.
6: <laughs> I mean, last night. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got pickpocketed down there. Got my ID. Couldn't barely get on a plane to come back home. <laughs> uh, sorry to hear that, <laughs> that's man. That's terrifying. That's yeah, all good. Um, On the Eagles, though, man, I'm – I am usually Seltzer will tell you this. I'm usually one of the most optimistic fans there are. But week in, week out, I just – I can't – I'm going to sit there. I'm going to watch every second of the game. But if Sirianni comes out here and I see the same high school Harry scheme and Gannon does the same high school Harry scheme, of hair, I've officially lost all hope on the season. So, yes, tomorrow is a must win. Yes. And for Eagle fans that say, no, we don't need to get to the playoffs, That's stupid. That's stupid. Everybody wants one more game. I don't care if we lose or not. You always want to go to playoffs. But we have to come out here and they have to show us that they reflect and they've actually learned in these 10 days.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do, too. hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, the fact that this was his chance to self-evaluate, this was his chance after six games, which was a bit of a whirlwind for a rookie coaching staff, to take a step back and say, what can we do better? And if their evaluation after doing that is not to run the ball more, then I think that's a major red flag about the
0: Especially staff. Especially with the fact that they don't have a bye week until week 14. They have the last possible bye week you can have this year. The season's basically over when they have their bye week. This is their chance to self-scout. Yes. That's a great
6: point exactly exactly and you know it gets easier right here we have the lions you get four and four you get two good convincing wins and i get it the lions ain't no bell cows and whatnot but you get to to 500 then this team might start showing some but it starts with the coach it starts at the top and all the way down to the bottom
1: Chiro, great call
0: and i am uh, i'm with you i i you, elliot knows you all know like that's what i'm most concerned about right now is this coaching staff this coach and and what is he moving forward uh all right elliot uh, we'll, we'll continue with the Eagles talking to a sec, 215 592 Get on the board at Eagles Raiders tomorrow. But quickly, obviously, you know, we are only on once a week with this show. And this week, uh, it is very, 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 very rare. As, as someone who works in this industry, I can tell you it is very rare for a, a week during football season, especially early in the football season when, you know, like maybe last year when they're completely out of it. You know, you could argue it's a different thing. but But when the Eagles are hot, so to speak, for another topic to completely dominate a week of sports radio. And that's what the Sixers have done this week for obvious reasons. You said you had a Sixers take. You had to get off your chest. Elliot, the floor is yours.
3: Yeah, so another benefit of there being so many Philadelphia sports fans down here right now is the Sixers game was a big deal last night, right? A lot of people were watching it. I'll just say that on the oh, plate out times,
0: here. Oh, fun times, huh? Fun times.
3: Yeah, I'll say that on the way out here, on the flight, there were some Go Eagles chants, or Go Birds, as you could imagine. But there were also quite a few Ben Simmons chants, which I cannot say <laughs> on the air as to what they were. But here's what I would say about this. In the Ben Simmons discussion, it, look, he, he did not improve over the last few years. That's on him. Jason Kelsey, I thought, said it perfectly, where if you – essentially, if you improve, this isn't as much of an issue. Play better, and there's no issue, right? So Ben needs to improve, and that's absolutely on him. But I couldn't help watching this game last night against the Nets and saying to myself, when is Joel Embiid going to start getting the criticism that Uh-oh. I think he deserves Uh-oh. and that I think has not been, there's not been as much of it. Like, Uh-oh. look, okay, Joel Embiid got outscored by LaMarcus Aldridge last night. Like, what are we doing here? Joel Embiid, who's, who, you know, top three MVP voting last year, max max player deal, all that stuff, got outscored by LaMarcus Aldridge last night. Like, this is a problem for the Sixers. And, look, Ben's Ben's play against the Hawks was absolutely a a large part of the reason they lost, right? He was bad from the free throw line. They couldn't play him in in big spots. That's all true. Joel Embiid also had, like, 33 turnovers in that series. You go back and you look at Game 7 against the Raptors the year before, or I guess it would have been two years before, he wasn't that great in Game 7, right? So, uh, look, Joel is a fantastic player. He's probably the best athlete in the city right now, like, the only person— even competing with them probably is Bryce Harper, right? And Bryce is obviously great too. But I think that, you know, if we're going to expect Joel to be like the number one player on the Sixers, to be their lead guy, like then he's got to start stepping up in these big moments. And to be outscored by LaMarcus Aldridge in a primetime game at home, home opener, I just thought it was incredibly disappointing that, yet again, he seemed to be non-existent in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I can't go that far. I will agree. Look, incredibly disappointing performance at home for your home opener, especially with the last home game you played being that, you know, game seven against Atlanta, you know, for that to, to like, not quite history repeat itself, but in terms of, you know, having a, a sizable lead in the fourth quarter and fritting array, frittering it away in the last few minutes, you know, it definitely felt, Similar enough that it was a very unenjoyable Mm. experience last night, but look, it's game two, you know, he obviously has got the knee thing going on. I'm not going to, which is a concern in and of itself. Um, I'm not going to freak out like you do, but I I agree. Look, they're in a spot where the only way this team, as it's currently constructed with the whole Ben Simmons situation as it is, uh, the only way they have any sort of real chances here is if Joe Embiid's the best player in basketball or one of the two or three best players in basketball and if he plays a lot of games and if he you know, has a special, special season, then you can compete. But if he doesn't, they're they're just not going to be good enough. So I don't agree with – it's the second game of the season. I'm not ready to get on him, and, and I don't blame him for the playoffs the same way you do. But I do agree with the idea that if this team is going to go anywhere, Joel has to be better. I don't, I don't think there's and, any question about that.
3: And, look, I don't agree with a lot of what Ben is doing right now, the way he's handling it, right, getting thrown out of practice, the, everything, right? Like I am with the majority of the public on how Ben Simmons is handling this. But what I will say is one thing I'll defend Ben about is he caught a lot in the vast majority of the blame for that loss to the Hawks, and he deserves a lot of it. Like he was not good. But if you're Ben, I could see why it's frustrating to catch so much of the heat uh, when Joel. No, no, no. No, no it's true. No, jo- all right, it's uh, absolutely true. No, not doing that. Screw that. Two one five
0: five nine two ninety four nine four. You had me for for a moment there, and then you completely lost me. If you want to chime in on that Sixers thought as well, of course we'll take those calls 94. And of course, Eagles, Raiders, Italians, James, it's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. Let's go, Birds Radio, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Short-Parks, James Seltzer with you till three, talking Eagles-Raiders tomorrow. Big game where you stand with the Eagles through six games, and if you want to mix it in, a little Sixers as well. Let's go right back to the phones, 215-592-9494, and go to Tennessee and talk to our buddy Justin. What up, feller?
7: What's happening, fellers? How y'all doing? It's fine Saturday evening. I mean, Elliot's in
0: Vegas, so I think he's doing just fine.
3: <laughs> tired, maybe a good way to put it. A yeah. L- little tired, a little tired. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I'm on tired too. <laughs> I got
7: up in yard and all that good stuff, and now it's college football Saturday time. But anyway, let's get down to the birds. I was listening last night to uh, Jillio's show, actually, and he and Tucker were talking about them bringing Lane back, and I missed the first 20 minutes of the show, so you may have touched on this already. I'm not sure. We have not what are the what do you think because I mean Diller has played relatively well you know when Lane's absence and Tucker and Joe are kind of leaning more toward you know at the end of the season you've got to look because with Dillard being a first round pick and you know my Lotta just got signed to this contract what are the odds that they look into maybe trading Lane at the end of the season you know because I think if it's a uh, june designation june 1st or whatever it is it's a seven eight million dollar cap saving and stuff like that uh but i mean i would hate to see it because i love lane to death he's one of my favorite eagles he's just a monster he's been here what nine ten years now but like they said you've got a first rounder invested in dillard he's played pretty doggone well you know for the most part when lane was out and they had to put him in and my lot of play pretty doggone good at, at right tackle so uh let me get your thoughts on that. I'll get off and hang up, because I know y'all got a full bunch of cows. But anyway, boys, go birds. Love y'all, man. You're
1: the best, Justin. What do you think, Elliot?
3: Yeah, always, always good to hear from Justin. Um, I think what, what he said, how I would kind of start that by saying is, like, Lane is an all-time eagle. Lane is one of the faces of the Super Bowl team. Like, yep. he is the underdog guy, right? So, I, I think that, and we haven't had a chance to talk about this on air since he came back. Like, Obviously, the first part of this is it's good to see to see Lane back just, you know, in the in the complex with his teammates. That's all positive from a football perspective. I think there's a strong argument, argument to be made that this team in some ways is better off with Dillard at left tackle and my lot at right tackle for the long run. I don't think Lane's career is close to over by any means, but he is going to be entering, I think, his 10th year next year. He does have ankle problems. He's had trouble staying on the field. And Dillard's been okay at left tackle. He's not been great. He certainly has had moments where he struggled. But between him and Milata, you would potentially have two young tackles of which to build around. And Mailata is still on a rookie deal. I'm sorry. uh, Dillard is still on a rookie deal, right? So, I don't know if it's also as important to have your best tackle at left like it used to be. Now, that is hurt blindside, which matters. But this league has great pass rushers on on both sides now. It's what's made Lane so valuable over these years. The fact that even though he's on the right side, he's lining up against some of the best pass rushers that the Eagles face. So, you know, I guess in some ways it's a good problem to have. But there's no question that Dillard playing solid at left tackle, my lot is showing he can play right is definitely a wild card in, like, this team's future of the offensive line because if you do move on from Lane and you get something valuable for him, all of a sudden you look at that line and you go, Mylotta at right tackle, Dickerson at right guard, center you could figure out either Kelsey for another year or potentially – um, you move say over. Then you have, I should have said Driscoll at right guard, Dickerson at left guard, and then uh, Dillard at left tackle. Like that's a young line all of a sudden where all the starters are 27 and younger and you feel pretty good about all of them. So it, it's an interesting question for sure.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. I don't, uh, you know, as we've talked about on the pod, I don't love the idea of, of moving my from the left side. He's just been so, so, so good there. And as someone who hasn't played a ton of football, it's really asking a lot of him to flop back and forth and all that stuff, and clearly he didn't look as good on the right side as he had on the left, but you know, you never know what time he might be, just might be a natural and be good to, at either side and has played the right side at times, but for me, I'm I'm a little nervous about moving him, but I do think it presents an interesting situation where, you know what, we talk a lot about this team not having a ton of young talent at certain spots, offensive line, it seems like they're in a decent spot with. Let's go to Glenn's side and talk to Matt. Hey, Matt.
1: Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, Matt? Hey, um, as always, my faith in Jalen Hurts is unshaken. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm not too sure about Nick Sirianni, um, as everybody's kind of gone over. But I I really have a question for you guys about um, the draft picks. Sure. So statistically speaking, you're better off with more picks, and I believe like James or Elliot's made the point that. Um, Howie's better off picking in later rounds than he is in the first round. So you could yeah. theoretically trade away two of your first-round picks for a second, third. Um, yeah, so you could I, ultimately I, I, double your picks from the uh, mid, mid. I get what
0: round. you're saying. I just I don't think that just because Howie has gotten luckier it, later in drafts and earlier in drafts means that you want later-round picks and then you're going to rely on that as a strategy. I think, you know, I think that's. I don't know. I, I Just because how he's making the picks, I don't think that doesn't mean you still don't want to hire pick as much as possible. The di- that's the thing with this team that I brought up multiple times is that the, the biggest issue I have with this roster is there are some solid players, some good players. This team lacks high-end, blue-chip young players. Guys, who you say that guy's going to be a, an all-pro. You know, that guy's going to spend 10 years in the Pro Bowl. Like, they don't have those guys. And you get those guys, for the most part, with top 10 picks and, and first-round picks for the most part.
3: You know what I mean? Yeah, so – well, I was going to say real quick to Matt's point. I'm not a huge fan of the argument of like, well, how he can't draft, so why even make picks? And I know that's not the point you're making, but I think you just collect the best draft assets you can and then figure it out. But if you do end up with three first-round picks, let's say Carson plays enough snaps. Like I don't hate the idea of taking one of those picks and getting two extra picks in the second or whatever it is because to your point, James, yes, they do need elite young talent and you do get that high in the draft. But you should be able to get it in the second round, too. Like, like you know, the, the NFL draft is not the NBA draft where, you know, you, it has to come in the first round, basically. So, you know, we're, we're far off from draft season. Obviously, it depends how the board falls, all those kind of cliches. But I don't hate the idea of taking one of those picks and turning well, them into two picks. Well, I mean,
0: picks. it depends where they are, too. But, I mean, if you want to... Yeah. I think it's more likely not they're going to trade it into, like, for two second rounders. I think it's more likely they trade it for a second this year and a first next year and keep accumulating those first year yep. after year after year. I think that's a more likely strategy of, if- if what you're trying to do, Matt.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- that's kind of what I was looking at was, you know, everybody was kind of saying before the season even started that we're in a rebuilding year. And if we're going to really rebuild, we need more picks. We need more options. We need more talent. Yeah. Um, and quite honestly, there's no guarantees with first round picks, but no. um, that's yeah. neither here nor there. I just wanted to also say, Elliot, I support what you're saying. I, I, Still think the Eagles can be a double-digit
3: team, but I'm an optimist, so take that
0: with a grain of salt. Matt, always well a appreciate you having Great having, having you on my side. Yeah, you need someone on your side at this point. Yeah, I, someone's
3: got to be there. You're yeah. certainly not going to no, be. No, so.
0: well, it's you know, look, uh, uh, week one, the Atlanta win, it, you had a week, you had people flocking to your side. I called a coward yes. on this show, if we all remember. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, you could use more people on your side right now. So, and look again to your point. While I don't, I'm not where you are at. It is it is impossible to argue that that it's not in front of them, right? I mean the schedule is way easier moving forward comparatively. So like that part of your argument, while well, I don't agree this team is good enough to take advantage of it, or I trust Nick Sirianni to take advantage of it or whatever, it is it is a fact that the schedule gets easier and that in and of itself is something. Two on 94 Elliott Shore Parks live in Vegas. Which is amazing. We will uh we will have yes. more more Vegas thoughts when we get back. Eagles, Raiders, where you stand on this game. Uh next segment two, we'll get to Elliott's player to watch and how does he see this game playing out? Like how do the Eagles win tomorrow? If the Eagles are gonna come out, if we're gonna get tomorrow night, and by the way, the line on the Park Sportsbook app is down to two and a half. I'm just saying, mm. which is mm. one of those things that makes you go, hmm. So something to think about. We'll get into if, if the Eagles, if we're going to be sitting at, at 8 o'clock, 7.30, whatever it is tomorrow night, talking about an Eagles victory, how did it happen? Elliot's going to tell us that next. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio, And let me tell you that the Park Sportsbook app is the official sportsbook partner of the real Philly fan, college and pro football, baseball, playoffs, hockey, MMA, soccer, and basketball. Bet with the best. The Park Sportsbook app, live in-game betting lets you bet. While you watch, it's a wild ride. It's the only Sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. You can bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Park Sportsbook app. Bet on individual player performances as they happen. In basketball, bet player points, rebounds, assists. In baseball, hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts, inning by inning. And in football, bet passing, rushing yards, touchdown scores, and so much more. And and the live in-game betting, just—that that is the way you can really make some money. Like the wild swings of the lines, if you believe in a team and they go down early and you think they're going to fight back, you can get amazing odds on it. You have to have the app open during the game and be following this stuff because it is a way to make money. In. As I always say, you're watching these games anyway. It's just more fun to have a little action on it. And here's the deal for your new customers. If you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. $500. Do it now. Your first bet is risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click. Parkscasino.com forward slash PA. And use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet. of uh, Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer, with you, Elliot, in Vegas right now. You got any more Vegas stories for me? Hello, Elliot. Oh no, did we lose Elliot?
3: Sorry, sorry, hey! I'm back. I'm back. Hey,
0: Vegas, the... got you doing just you run down to the tables for a second, or what exactly, exactly, yes.
3: yes. No, I mean, lots of Vegas stories so far. I'm guessing over these next 2 days there'll there'll they'll be a few more. Uh, there's a big Eagles like pep rally thing tonight fans of Philly's doing, so that'll uh that'll be a good time. But I, I have a two thoughts for you James. One you're going to hate and one I'm interested <laughs> to get your uh okay, good. your opinion on.
0: Love going into something knowing I'm going to hate it. Nothing better.
3: Well, you're going to hate it cuz it's another piece of evidence that you're wrong. Oh, but good, good. So w- would you say the best version of a bar? Like, you know, there's various types of bars, sports bars, dive bars, mm-hmm. like if you want to include clubs and that type of thing, right? Sure. Would you agree that the best version of a bar is a dueling piano bar?
0: Um, I would agree it's up there. Uh, like, I'm a big sports bar guy. I think, you know, a really great sports bar for a game is tough to top. But but yes, I, I, will, I will say dueling piano bar is high on the list. It is a fantastic time.
3: Yeah, so I was at a dueling piano bar last night. Fantastic time, as always. But I found this interesting. I counted not one, not two, but three Queen songs that were played. Do you want to guess how many Beatles songs were played, Mr. Seltzer?
0: Do you want to guess how much I care?
3: Exactly zero would oh, be the answer God. to both of that. You don't care, and there were zero Beatles songs. Oh, Another God. point in my favor it, it, that Queen just, has more hits than the Beatles Though.
0: stop. Stop! You're, you're. This is. You should be embarrassed to keep going down this There's road over and over. Again.
3: Hundreds of people it, in the bar. It, Everyone's requesting just, songs. Lose, it, I didn't lose. see one just Beatles take song. It
0: with dignity. The Beatles uh, are bigger than Queen. What are we doing?
3: I didn't say they weren't. I said Queen has more hits the Beatles than the have Beatles. They had Beatles the
0: most do. hits of anybody. What are we talking about? They had an album of number one hits. It was like 25 number one mm. hits. Like, what are we doing here, Elliot?
3: I was at the bar. One, two, three Queen songs, no Beatles songs. Yes, the proof is, is in the pudding. The, you yes, can use your the, analytics the is, all you the, want.
0: The pudding is 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 gone bad. I think is
3: the problem. No, there. no, no. The proof was in the pudding last night. Everyone was loving when Queen was on, mm-hmm. and then there was just mm-hmm. no Beatles. So I'm mm-hmm. sorry, James, that that hurt you, but I had to let you know that. Yeah,
0: so it doesn't hurt me. I think it's it's foolish that you would even equate such things. That you think that's an example of of what, what of your point being proven.
3: I would have called you last night, but the other weird thing about being out here is it's three hours earlier. Like, I haven't been in a different time zone for years. Like, right now, I started this show at 10 a.m. So last night when I was, you know, it was like it would have been 2.30 or whatever, When you know, 2.30 or 3 in the morning when I would have called you. So I didn't call you to rub it in last night. I decided I would wait till Go Birds to let you know.
0: So speaking of pianos, I have, uh, and back to the phones in in one second, I have uh, two life dreams. It was really one life dream, and I'm going to say this and people are going to laugh because it's, you say it's like a life goal, but it could very easily be done. I just have never actually taken the time to do it. But I've always said my whole life that one of my, my life goals is to learn the peanuts theme on piano. You know, that whole thing. I've, uh, so, But now I have a second one. So I really need to learn these on the piano. I need someone to teach me the piano. I need to learn the succession theme is now my number mm. two. I need to learn the the. the, the Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. I need to. I must learn this, Elliot. So I'm just putting so, that out in the world, maybe, you know, speaking into existence, as they say. I, I'm assuming that I won't have to do anything, that it'll just naturally happen and I will learn them. But, you know.
3: Well, first of all, it's just so good to see you, Dream big. As your friend, <laughs> it's good to see you have high life goals and, and aspire. It's, it's motivational. Uh, second, I can play the Peanut Song on a saxophone. What? Um, whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Hold yeah. On. Hold up. We've been doing this show together for years now. You play the saxophone? (laughs) Why, Why am I just finding out about this now?
3: Well, I played. I played when I was in ah uh, in middle school. Yeah, so I was ah uh, I was in the jazz band and I played the saxophone. What? That's why I have such great rhythm. I've yeah.
0: never known this. But look at this. You learn something new every day. I love it. All right, how about that? You're gonna have to play some sax for me at some point,
3: Elliot. This so is... if you learn it on the on the oh, uh, piano, Gillette! I'll play it on oh! the saxophone, and this can be like a Go Birds, you know, show. We can be a traveling Go Birds <laughs> podcast <laughs> slash Peanuts music band.
0: This would be something. I I am Mrs. I'm pretty excited right now too. Five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up in a minute, we're going to ask Elliot if the if the Eagles win the game tomorrow, how does it happen? First, let's go to Phoenixville and talk to
3: Ron. Hey, Ron.
7: Hey, how are you guys doing today?
3: Hey, what's going on, Ron? Um,
8: I want to talk. I'm not an Eagles fan, just to let you know, but I'm a football mm-hmm. fan. Yep. And um, when I watched the Eagles play Carolina. I looked at the first. I turned the game on. I'm going to just tell you that I didn't think they had a chance.
3: Yeah, it was ugly. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was but not a fun at, game to watch for anybody that didn't have to watch it. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I looked at. I went on ESPN and I looked at the box score. Twenty four and
8: five. The Eagles threw twenty four times and ran five in the first half.
7: Yep. Pretty Carolina
8: ran 18 and 17 passing and running
0: yeah we need to run the ball Ron I'm with you man I don't I think I don't think there's a single person I don't remember <clears throat> the last time in Philadelphia we were all 100 percent aligned on something like this like there's not a
3: single person who says oh, they don't need to run the ball
0: even and- Elliot Elliot like was Mr. anti run the ball yep. guy he's all in he's like run the ball what are we doing
3: well, one of my biggest pet peeves in Philly sports would be every time the Eagles lose, it, no matter what, it'd be, oh, they should have ran the ball more. Now, like, I am, I am with everybody. They absolutely have to run the <laughs> ball more. Like, 100%. And, it's one of the reasons they're not that good if they or have not been that good. If they, don't, if they run the ball more, they're a better team.
8: Elliott, in the second half, they ran the ball 17 times. Yeah.
4: And, and he threw 13 times, and they won.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think and I would be interested were Jaylen, to see the breakdown of those. Yeah, yeah,
0: a fair amount of those were Hurts runs, so it's not exactly, you know. But you
3: are right. I mean, what's interesting is the Eagles, I think, are – Thanks the They're Eagles. like something like 12th in the league in rushing yards.
0: Yeah, because of hurt. I mean, it's pretty wild. Right. Yeah, it is It is surprising. But, you know, they, uh, it's just – to your point before, and I think, you know, what it is is we keep bringing all these RPO and, you know, well, Jalen pulled it or this or that or Jalen didn't, you know, give it to the running back. Like, you said this before in the open, and it is just – the point. Like, call some freaking running plays. Like, Like, you don't have to make it an RPO every time. Like, just call a freaking running play. Like, wasn't that your whole thing coming in? Coming from Frank Reich's system and, you know, like, oh, we run the ball. We're going to run the ball. Okay. All right. two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four In a second, we're going to ask Elliot how the Eagles win the game tomorrow, and I'm going to guess maybe running the ball has something to do with it. First, let's go to Morristown and talk to Ray. Hey, buddy.
9: What's up, guys? How you doing? What's
8: going on, man? james and elliot two of my favorites james you know that elliot in vegas i love that title <laughs> That you elliot in vegas <laughs> i
3: appreciate it man wish you were out was, here with me
8: man i'll tell you what if we
3: were we would take a trip
8: to the grand canyon man that now that is something if you ever get an opportunity to go out there put that on your list it is an amazing spectacle you just can't go out to that part of the country without taking a little road trip to the grand canyon
3: yeah it was on my list. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but I agree. Like, it's definitely something I wanted to do. So so maybe, uh, who knows, maybe later today. It's a long drive, though. It's like three hours, I think. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's,
8: it's like I said, it's a road trip. You can also take a helicopter. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Uh, it's, no, be it's nice to, take a, to rent a yeah. car and just take a drive out there. It's amazing, amazing. Yeah. And it's definitely worth the drive. Um, awesome. Talking about these birds, it's just, you know what? And, Elliot, I kind of agree with you. I, I, I don't know. There are certain aspects of this season you, you look at as far as, like, what are you going to get out of of going to the playoffs. And I think that if for Nick Sirianni, it's about coaching for his job. Now, obviously, if he can get the team to the playoffs, uh, he's had a better result than most of us are looking at at this point in time. And the same goes with, with Jalen. Um, so in that regard, I think that if they make the playoffs, it's good for their longevity. However, as far as thinking towards the future, if we're looking towards the future, I don't see a whole lot of benefit in going to the playoffs. I think you're better off trying to get two or uh, three or four, uh, first round draft picks between, you know, the the picks that they're going to get from these other teams and Mm -hmm. over in, uh, Indianapolis if Carson plays, uh, which it looks like he is. And he's playing fairly well, so that's good for us. I mean, you know, so I, I just don't know how playing, you know, going. I don't think we're going to go deep in the playoffs. Is what I'm trying to say. I, I think we we'll get but, knocked out. Yeah,
3: I mean, interesting so point. You might be I better, will... mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I will say, I mean, look, they they get the three picks no matter what, whether they make the playoffs or not. And, like, really the difference we're talking about here is, like, let's say they push for a playoff spot and, and they don't make it. Or if they do make it and they're the third wild card. I mean, we're talking about a difference here of five, six spots. And I'm not completely diminishing that because I understand, especially early on, like, all those spots matter. But you know, I just think the benefit of like dropping five or six spots, winning games, getting into postseason, getting them that experience, like I think that I think that matters. And and again, they will get the three picks. Like the the Colts pick, you know, the aside, the Colts pick has nothing to do whether the Eagles make the playoffs or not. So they will have the draft capital, and presumably two of these picks I think are going to be if not in the top 15, like all three could be two. So I'm just not as concerned about the uh, draft capital and the spots because I think they have so much of it that it's it's almost irrelevant if they're picking like 12th or 16th if, if you get to the playoffs, you know?
8: Right. But I'm just saying, you know, are we thinking about this year or are we thinking long-term as far as, you know, going for going
0: yeah, the right. next four and, or
8: five years? Right. I mean, you know.
0: Well, I'm with you. And great call And that. That's kind of where I've been at with Elliot too, you know, kind of what's more important the the here and now or the long term and that's why I came into this season saying I wasn't really concerned about how many games they won. I was concerned with finding out if Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are the guys for the future and so far I'm I'm not super optimistic certainly not about Sirianni and, and, and not as optimistic as I was before about either so uh, Elliot let's get to the game tomorrow you know you're out there you're in Vegas for this game a lot of Eagles fans out there if they win, if we're sitting together on our podcast tomorrow night talking about an Eagles victory, if, if Ike Reese is coming on the air on Monday yelling, Victory! <laughs> Why? How did it happen? What type of game are we watching tomorrow if the Eagles end up coming out victorious?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, there's some obvious ones that you can put to every game. I think this team, like most teams in the history of the NFL, is better when they win the turnover battle. But I think especially this team because the offense needs more possessions because they do go out three and out so much. So you got to create turnovers. I think they can do that against this team. Derek Carr, I think, has four interceptions in six games. So he, he does turn the ball over. So that, that's one of them. The other one is I think you have to stop, stop Darren Waller. I mean, you know, a, a caller referenced this earlier and it's true. Like the Eagles defense is set up to stop Henry Ruggs, and Henry Ruggs I think is averaging a little over 22 yards uh, per reception. He is one of the best deep threats in the league, kind of like people thought he would become. And he's been that this year in the offense. So, you know, the Eagles are good at stopping the deep pass. So you, you can't get beat deep if they're getting beat deep tomorrow, They almost have no chance because that's just a a sign that their defense is not working because that's the one thing they should be able to do. But stopping Darren Waller underneath, I think, is is critically important as well. Uh, And then tackling him when he gets the ball. Darius Slay uh, has talked about this with with Darren Waller. Obviously, he's big, but what he can do after the catch is is devastating to defenses. He's fast. He's big. He's extremely hard to tackle. The Eagles have not been a good tackling team, uh, I don't think. So, yeah, bringing him down. And then on the offensive side of the ball, for the Eagles, again, don't want to sound like a broken record, but the facts are the facts. And, you know, you have to start with what the most obvious thing is. They need to run the ball. They need to run it. The Raiders are not good against the run. Uh, you, you know, you've you referenced some of the stats, something like 26 in the league in, in yards allowed per carry. So they have to be able to, to get the ground game going. And I really do think, like, it's a mentality thing. Like, come out of this bye, mini yep. bye week, run the ball, show you're changing. Give Jalen Hurts a bit of a break. You can't win this game if Jalen Hurts is 75% of the offense like he has been so far this season or whatever the exact number is. You got to run the ball. You got to control the clock. And then on the defensive side of the ball, make sure Henry Ruggs isn't beating you deep. If they can do that and the pass rush does their thing up the middle against Derek Carr, the, the weak part of the Raiders offensive line, is that middle of the line if they can do that they, they should win this game
0: yeah i'm so with you and obviously you know it is a broken record but for a reason like the running the ball thing is a mentality it's toughness it's the way you you know your offense is rolling out there we saw it in that thursday night game like Cleveland Browns came out with Case freaking Keenum missing both their starting tackles, missing receivers, missing both their starting running backs. And this guy, no one ever heard of the De- Johnson is, is running all over the field because it was a mentality. It was a toughness. It was the blocking it was the scheme. Like they were just, they just ran it down their throats and Denver's a good run defense. Like it's about committing yeah. to it and doing it. And it is such a and, difference
3: maker. Yeah. And, and Rube, uh, Ruben Frank, who, you know, uh, was on the show last week, uh, made this point in the press box when, when we were watching the, the Tampa Bay game, like if the Buccaneers are going to com- commit to the run, who have Tom Brady at quarterback, right? If the Chiefs are going to come in here and run the ball, who have Patrick Mahomes, what's the excuse for the Eagles not yeah. to do it? It's, like, it's I, I like point. Jalen Hurts, but, you know, like if if, if oh, the teams that point. have Tom Brady help, and Patrick Mahomes are doing help it. Help your young quarterback
0: yeah. out. Yeah, it, uh, or I, your old quarterback, or a, your best quarterback, quarterback of all time. Yeah. like <laughs> Exactly. All right, uh, one more call in here. Let's get to, and then uh, coming up in a minute. We will get to Elliot's player to watch for tomorrow's game first. Let's go to Florida and talk to our buddy Jacory. Hey, Jacory,
3: what's going on, guys? What up, man?
0: Elliot, I'm tell you right now.
3: All right. Don't go to the
9: don't go to the gentleman club, okay?
0: We got <laughs> the gentleman club now.
3: Um, I, I, yeah. I will not. I promise you, Jacory.
0: Sage advice from Jacory.
9: Yeah. Yes. Um, you can hit a pool party. They have, they have nice pool parties. Not it's not over. You know, overrated or like overdone They got nice pool parties Also, just me, I'm not a card guy I'm a, I am like to play dice I like to play crap um, yep. Remember, when you play craps? Now, 7 or 11 You
3: know you gotta, <laughs> Well, here's stable. my issue, you don't my know issue know the is rules I don't at know all? the rules yeah, to any of
1: these yeah, games yeah.
3: Like, I, I walk around the casino, I see people playing these games, I just don't know the rules to any of them. So I'm, like, the biggest sucker in the world. I would sit down, not even know what's going on, basically just handing my money is what I might as well be doing when I play these games.
9: <laughs> Let's get on the quarter slots, man. Them things are good. But um, Going back to the game, um, I think we'll be all right. We just run the ball. Um, defensive-wise, mm-hmm. um, this Raiders offense is sneakily good. Remember, they still got um, the Jacobs, Josh too, Jacobs, from, um... good
5: last yep. weekend.
9: Yep, yep. Um, Darren Wallace is arguably behind Travis Kelsey. He's the best tight end in the league.
10: Potentially
3: um, Henry had.
9: Ruggs. Um, I've seen that Anthony Harris is questionable no, tomorrow that. with both hands injury, right, Elliot? Yep, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So, um, I don't know, man, because this is going to tell where our season is going to be going if we lose this game. Like I said, we got – we arguably, I think we're going to have a top five pick with the Dolphins pick and another top ten pick. And we just need to be stacking up our draft And lastly, Elliot, the trade deadline is coming up. I think we should be sellers. Um, if we can load offload some of these contracts, maybe, I don't know, Fletcher. Uh,
0: it's a really interesting point and great call as always. Coming up next, I want to get to Elliot's... Uh thoughts on what the Eagles should do at the trade deadline November 2nd I believe so it is it is pretty quickly approaching the trade deadline and obviously I've already made one trade with the Zach Ertz trade we'll get Elliot's thoughts on that but first right now it is time for Elliot's player to watch tomorrow tomorrow's game brought to you by your local tri-state Toyota dealers proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles Toyota let's go places let's go Eagles Elliot who is your player to watch for tomorrow's game
3: yes yeah, so I, I could go the easy route and go Miles Sanders because clearly as we talked about they need to run the ball but much like what it feels like my gambling strategy has been in Vegas, I'll go the hard way, right? Nice. And I think <laughs> I think Dallas Goddard is a player to watch Ooh, tomorrow. The I player across this. from him. Yes. Yeah. The The player across from him, or at least the opposing tight end is Darren Waller. He wants to be one of those best tight ends. He wants to be a top five tight end. He wants to be a top three tight end. And the Eagles traded Zach Ertz away to give him the chance to do that. I think the offense has been at its best this year when they're targeting Dallas Goddard. He has 216 yards, two touchdowns. He's averaging almost 15 yards a catch. He's been really good after the catch. I think they need to get him involved early. Again, running the ball needs to be the priority. But through the passing game, get Goddard involved. Use him in the red zone. And I'm excited to see what Goddard can do getting 70, 75, 80% of the snaps at tight end. This is a chance he's been waiting for, and it starts tomorrow. And I'm excited to see what he does with it.
0: Yeah, that's Elliott's Player to Watch brought to you by local tri-state Toyota dealers. Couldn't agree with you more, especially, you know, right after the Ertz trade. It's like, it's your time, bro. Like, they even talked about it organizationally. Tyree Jackson's not back with the team yet. Like, this is a, a real spot for Dallas Goddard to go out and show what he has and, and make himself some money. So, uh, a great call there. 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio as we talk Eagles Raiders tomorrow and more. Again, coming up next, we'll get Elliot's thoughts on the upcoming trade deadline and continue to talk Eagles Raiders. Get in now. 215-592-9494. It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back go birds radio presented by barks casino and sportsbook elliot short barks from vegas james seltzer with you until three o'clock let's go back to the phones coming up in a minute we will uh, get elliot's thoughts on uh, our college Corey's cory's question before the break about the upcoming trade deadline and, and an interesting thought about what kind of tag the eagles should take coming up again november 2nd i believe so it is coming up soon we'll get elliot's thoughts on that in just a minute first, let's go back to the phones and go to New Mexico and talk to our good buddy David. Hello, sir.
3: Gentlemen, how you guys doing? Doing good, man. I just realized I'm out in your neck of the woods.
11: Yeah, you are. And kind uh of. I have you're yeah. well kinda. Of. Uh the desert's still blank. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> glad you're enjoying yourself out there. But I won a uh I won a karaoke challenge last night, won two hundred dollars and I'm not oh. normally a betting person, but uh guy challenged me. Uh, I guess he didn't like me or something like that, and challenged me to a like a, a, a seal sing-off. He did Kiss from a Rose, and I did uh, uh, Don't Cry. Wow. And uh, I won a book, so I was actually kind of See, happy about that. Put me in a better mood for sing, this game tomorrow. Man,
0: seal, seals, seals, well, got some range, man. That's impressive.
11: Two, yeah, two things, we had a good two time. Things.
3: One red flag for this guy that he didn't like you, like that's a character flaw yeah, on, on his behalf, it's but. But but second, I am a gambling man, and I would definitely bet on you to win a, a singing contest. Just you know, talking to you on the phone. So I don't know what this guy was thinking.
11: Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, going on mm-hmm. about the game, um, this season is eligible, all right. And I'm I want to be optimistic about it, but Sirianni cannot be this arrogant. He just he just cannot be this arrogant. I know he played wide receiver. I know he likes putting the ball in the air, but we played six games, and he has yet to turn to his running back. And his offensive line as a strength of his team, and actually use them. Right, if I was defensive end and I had to see Jordan Mailata across the uh, across the line of scrimmage from me, I don't want that guy leaning on me all game running the ball, running the ball. Yeah. But that's exactly what they need to do. Why is Miles Sanders not touching the ball? Why in the world is Jordan is Jordan Howard on the? Uh, yeah, on the practice squad. You know, Why is he on the practice squad? You know, I mean, yep. so they're not using their strengths to their advantage, and it's it's arrogance. That, that's all it can be, because he's not stupid. I know he's not a stupid man. He wouldn't have got the job if he was stupid. But his okay. arrogance and his refusal to actually do the obvious is killing this team.
3: David, great call. Well, and I also think, I mean, Sirianni, to me, when you see the moments where he has to make judgment calls, like what to do on fourth down, like those type of things, he leans conservative. Like His his personality, to me, leans conservative. Doug was much more aggressive with it. And I just think people that lean conservative on fourth down stuff, to me, seem like people that would run the ball. And also, if we're going to say he's Harry High School and he runs this, like, you know, not super uh, intricate offense, like, that also leads to running the ball. So, I do believe that Sirianni, at his core, wants to run it more. I think what's happening is A, he got hired by an organization that believes in throwing the ball, and I think that naturally, and this you know, it's not a good thing, but there's probably a bit of it where he's trying to impress his boss, right? But also, I do think the RPO thing, because they're not used to it, he's figuring out how to coach it. I think if Sirianni was coaching. You know a college team or another NFL team, I do believe he'd run it more. I just think, in the situation he's in, there's a bunch of things going on which is leading to this extreme discrepancy. Yeah, with, with it's the run. just
0: strange, though, and I get all the things you said, but you would think with a, a young quarterback who has legs, like you would think you would run the ball more, just inherently. Yeah. You would, and and why you've got speedy wide receivers, you would think you'd see like more of the, the you know, reverses and this, and you know, like it just it just has really lacked uh, uh, creativity on the and again i go back to that game with cleveland on on thursday night and just the example of just the the lanes that those guys were opening up with the scheme you know they were missing both their starting tackles and and just Dearness johnson was just gallivanting down the field yeah. and it was it was frustrating to watch man it really was cuz it's like I mean, you could you have a good offensive line you could do this stuff
3: i mean look nick Sirianni talks so much about mount union right like the high school You can't tell me if he was coaching Mount Union, this would be his run-to-pass ratio. Like, there is something going on here where he is throwing this ball so much more than I think he wants to as a natural, like, you know, football guy, play caller, those type of things. Like, I don't believe Nick Sirianni thinks this is how the offense should look. I think there's a lot of different things going on that are causing it to look this way.
0: Well, and I think that's why tomorrow is so important for him in particular. It's important for the team. It's important across the board. but. But for him in particular, as we've talked about, having this little mini-buy, having a time to really, for the first time all season, you know, as your first time head coaching, to to step back for a second and say, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa let me look at this. Like, if you can't, in that moment, step back and see – how necessary it is to start running the ball more, then, then it's like red flag city, if you know
3: what well, I mean. Well, curious. Do, do you agree with me that if he was, you know, put take him out of the Eagles situation or put him know. in whatever?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, how could we possibly know? Like, I can infer, but like, yeah, well, I'm all just we guessing know is so. that he's done six games and he hasn't run the ball. So I don't know. Yep. I really don't know. It might just be he gets in a game and they get down a little bit and he panics and he thinks they have to throw the ball. Like, I don't know. So yeah. that's why this one is so important. Let's go to Burwin and talk to Mike. It comes
2: from- Hey guys, how you doing? What's going on, man? Listen, I got—I can't agree with you more, Elliot. With you know, what good are these draft
3: picks if we got Howie picking them? Well, uh, I, I, have, I you have, might agree with James on that. I mean, I—I I, I, well, I don't no, think. Well, but
2: you had said yeah. with Andy that you know you would rather have get into the playoffs, and I agree. Yeah, oh with yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. much rather get into the playoffs, even if it is one round. Because, let me tell you, you know, what are we going to do? Pick J.J. Whiteside again? <laughs> I, or I, Rager? Like,
0: I get that point, but you can't look at it that way. Like yeah. You can't say, like, I don't want draft picks or good draft picks because we suck at drafting. Like, then don't even have a football team. Like, I I, I don't think that's the way. I look at it. Look, I like Howie, how he picked the 10. I think how he got a good guy. I think Devontae Smith is going to be awesome. So, like... I don't know. Like, I think we go. With, I, I am the as as much of a Howie detractor as there is out there. As anyone who listens to this show knows, I hate this. Like, this is a stupid thing to say. We shouldn't want high draft picks. That's how he's making the picks. Like, that's a dumb
2: thing to say.
3: Well, but but to his no, point, I see, think. We, yeah, go ahead. I wouldn't
2: go. I wouldn't go as far as saying I don't want high draft picks. All I'm saying is, I would rather make it to the playoffs. Yeah, I wouldn't be as concerned about getting, you know, top 10 draft pick is all I'm saying. He actually does better with the mid-range draft picks than he does the higher
3: draft picks. Yeah, but I don't think you need to pull Howie's draft record into this argument. Like, I think you're correct in what you're saying is the value of making the playoffs is worth drafting, you know, six, seven spots later. Like, Howie's draft record aside has really nothing to do with it. But the fact is, like, the whole season, and James, you've said this, the whole season, is it's not about the playoffs. It's about figuring out if Sirianni and Hurts are the answer. But the answer will be if they can win eight, nine games, like, then you feel a lot better about that duo than you do if, you know, to – I know you don't want this specifically, James, but, you know, to people that want a top-five pick, like, if they're picking at the top-five, then you're going into next season with major question marks at the two most important positions in the football operations, right, outside of our general manager. Like, so the value of making it, 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 it is value there. It's not like you're just backing up six spots for nothing. Like, you're getting a lot and moving back.
2: I just think our – I don't think our talent's as bad as our record is, and I just – I think a lot of it is play-calling,
0: Well, and I'm You have
2: to get your playmakers involved more.
0: I I agree. I think I think the coaching has been a problem as we've talked about, but I I think that again to the roster, I think the roster is, is okay. I think it's more bad than good. I just again get back to the point of like and why I value these super high picks so much is is they need blue chip players? You need difference mm-hmm. makers on this team, and and right now you just don't have a lot of them who are young guys. You could say that's going to be a difference maker for me for the next decade. Like I need those guys.
3: Yeah, I, look, they definitely need better young talent. I 100% agree with you. But if if they end up having a young quarterback that takes them to the playoffs, even if it is, and the other thing I'll say is people say like, oh, if you back into the playoffs at eight eight or nine wins or whatever there's value in that. Like teams would kill to back into the playoffs. So I don't think getting in, if they get in, however they qualify should be diminished. Like getting into the playoffs is an accomplishment, oh, especially sure. when there's other teams. But yeah. But you
0: could also look at it as like, does it, does it, you know, obfuscate what's really happening? Does it, does it make you feel better about Jalen hurts than you should? Does it make you feel better about Nick Sirianni than you should? You know what I mean? Like that maybe mm-hmm. they give more time to these guys than they should. And I'm not saying that's where I'm at or whatever. We need to see how the season plays out. But like, there's definitely a world where at the end of the season, I I could see myself saying, I don't believe in Hurts or Sirianni, you know what I mean? And, and obviously, if yeah. they win games to get to the playoffs, maybe it happens in a way where you feel better. But if it's if it's what we've seen so far, if they win games like the Carolina game, like I'm not going to feel better about it, even though they won those games,
3: you know? Well, and the interesting thing is, and this is against my argument, but I think it's it's important to put out when we're discussing this, is we did see this in 2019. Like, Carson led the team to the playoffs of the final four games. I thought at the time that it was very valuable yeah, for him to get playoff experience, get and he got, got hurt. Yeah, right. Well, but not just that. There was no momentum. I mean, from 2019 to 2020, right. and granted yeah. 2020 was a weird year, but you know, he took that that run at the end of the season into the playoffs and turned it into the worst season of his career. So, I I could be wrong that it's worth it. I would just rather see I think it's better for the franchise if they win, like bottom line. Winning is better than losing. It sounds silly, but I just I just what I believe. Like that it, I don't think there's value in tanking in the NFL. All
0: right. So, and I I I I don't think tanking is the right way to put it, but I know what you're saying. Um, To Jacory's question, because it wraps into this kind of perfectly, the idea of of with the trade deadline coming up, and, and look, maybe it's if they lose the next two games, that changes your perspective, or this or that, or whatever, but sitting here right now as we are, heading into the game tomorrow... What do you think the Eagles approach should be at the trade deadline? Corey was saying, look to trade guys who are expensive and, and older. And I'm sure there are a lot of Eagles fans who feel that way. And then I'm sure there's a, a large portion of Eagles fans who say, no, 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 don't do that. You have a chance to compete this year. Where where are you at yeah. with the trade deadline and, and the potential moves we might see?
3: Well, the interesting thing is, and I don't want to get into a salary cap discussion, but I think it's important and hasn't been brought up when debating what they should do. Like, it's tough for them to make trades that are sell that are seller trades. Cause like Fletcher Cox, if they trade him uh, they get 8 million in dead money and they save a million dollars. So like there's not really cap relief there. Lane Johnson, they just redid his deal. Like trading him is almost impossible. Now I will say the cap is intricate. They could find their ways around it. But when you look at the veterans that you would say, okay, maybe you trade him. There's just not a lot of cap relief there. And you're also not really getting a lot back. Like I I don't know what you get for Fletcher Cox at, at the midway point of the season. I mean, maybe a third or a fourth like he's a he's better than that but just when you look at the reality of trying to trade him so the one player i would look at and i would not trade him but i think the one player if you're going to be like a quote-unquote seller is miles sanders like miles sanders are not using him yep. he's not getting the ball they're he's essentially in a contract here what
0: they're not going to pay him i mean or at least they're not gonna oh you're him. right yeah
3: yeah, you're not going to pay him. So you're talking about essentially running out the clock with him for one more year. So, you know, uh, yeah, it makes more sense to trade guys like Lane. Like Darius Slade is an awesome player. Teams could use him. You can make the argument the Eagles don't need a number one corner if they're going to be tanking. But he's just tough to trade because of his contract. And they redid these deals. So I think Miles is the one where you could get something of value back where, where you're actually adding to your future draft stock in a meaningful way. And also giving up something where you know contractually and financially it makes sense as well. And
0: ultimately, quickly, you do not think they will like sell, right? You think they're going to kind of roll with what they got. No.
3: Yeah, that's what I. Feel. Yeah, well, I just don't think they can. Like, right. I, I think Th- it's tough. There's not going to be yeah. something
0: that makes enough sense. I get it. <laughs> All right, exactly. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We got one more segment to go. Get in now. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Oklahoma State. And Iowa State coming up at 3 o'clock, so us until then. It's Elliot, it's James. And let me tell you one more time that the Park Sportsbook is the official Sportsbook partner of the real Philly fan, college and pro football, baseball, playoffs, hockey, MMA, soccer, and basketball, bet with the best. The Park Sportsbook app, live-in-game betting, lets you bet while you watch. It is a wild ride, and you can get great opportunities to make some money with these wild swings and odds. The only Sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania, you can bet the money line as it changes during the game on the park sportsbook app, you can also bet on individual player performances as they happen in basketball, bet player points, rebounds, assists, in baseball, hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts, inning by inning in football passing and rushing yards, touchdown scores, and so much more. plus you could do same game parlays, props, teasers, and over unders, and more than anything. Like I always say, you're watching these games anyway. You're going to be invested in it. Why not be a little more invested in it? Way more invested in it because you got something riding on it. It just makes it more fun to watch. And here's the deal. New customers, sign up right now and get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Your first bet risk-free up to $500. Download the app or click Forward slash PA and use our promo code GoBirds. That's G O B A R D S to get your risk free bet. Your risk free bet is refunded in site like credit. The website has all the details. Go birds Radio presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer. Final segment for us in college football action coming up next. Keep it locked here on WIP. Elliot, what you got going on tonight in Vegas? You do anything fun tonight?
3: Well, so I was about to ask you. So I have a critical decision to make. Ooh. I could go see one of two artists in concert, okay. right? I'm out here in Vegas. I should go see a show. I've never been out here. It's something I should do. Sure. Who do I go see? Lady Gaga mm-hmm. or Nelly? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what kind of a question is that?
3: What do you think? I mean, Nelly, I, I like his music better. But I feel like Lady Gaga is like a Vegas show.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I feel like my, my gut instinct was, was Lady Gaga. That was my gut yeah. instinct was was. it'll be more fun to say you went to see a Lady Gaga concert in Vegas than to say you saw Nelly. I, mean, I feels I, more I on brand I, I didn't for even me know too. Nelly was still touring. I'll tell you that. No, I like Nelly. Nelly's
3: good. Yeah, no, I love Nelly it growing is, up. It is a
0: little hot in this studio you could say it's getting hot in here i don't know you could i don't know
3: ah, you're such a dad i love it
0: so <laughs> much yeah i'm a 40 year old dad that was about as yeah that's about as dad as it gets i i think i would say lady gaga that would be my suggestion but either way all i right. think that sounds like a, a fun a fun activity tonight Elliot.
3: well i think the real answer is whichever one kristin yeah song, that so you should have just left with yeah. so, so that's that's, Kristen that's the, that's the answer yeah,
0: yeah all right two on five five nine two ninety four ninety four our prediction for the game
10: coming up in just a couple minutes.
0: First, let's go to Rhode Island and talk to Leonard. Hey, Len.
10: What's going on, guys? How you
3: doing, What's going pal? on, man?
10: Not too much. Um, you guys touched on this a little bit before the break, but one of my bigger concerns about this year is the fact that I don't think Miles Sanders is going to be on the team by the end of the year or before yeah. the uh, the deadline. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, right now he is last in the league in rushing attempts, but he's got 4.7 yards per carry. And when they panned to him on the sidelines in clear situations where he should be used, He looks terribly upset. I just, you know, I don't think it's a good idea for him to not be on the football team. I mean, I I don't know.
0: I don't blame him for being upset, by the way. (laughs) Like, if I were him, I would be upset, too. Like, you need to, like, as Elliot has said many times, like, Miles Sanders' money is directly tied to the amount of times he freaking touches the ball.
3: Yeah, I think it's sometimes, like, uh people say oh it's you know it it would be selfish of him to feel that way and I get the chance to do the players lounge with Miles every Monday and I genuinely get the feeling he is happy for Kenny Gainwell but let's be real I mean Miles is looking to get a life-changing contract like it's not selfish of him to want the ball so he can help the team but also so he can get paid like this is his occupation this is his livelihood if he gets a big deal that changes his entire life so I I, I, he, he won't say it and I, I believe he is happy for the team, but I do not believe him at all if, to your point, he is frustrated about the amount of carries he's getting.
10: So do you think that they just don't value the position then? Because why would you not want a guy like Miles Sanders on your football team? I mean, we've seen yeah. little to no screenplays this year. We've, we've barely seen him in key, key situations. and The play calling is not helping him out at all. And I just don't see how you would be looking to trade somebody if you're, if you you know, how, how are you going to trade them if you're not going to use them? We don't know that they
0: are looking to trade. That was more Elliot theorizing who might make sense for a trade yeah. because of the situation we're talking about. I don't think they're going to trade Miles Sanders, but I also don't think they're going to sign him to a long-term contract after the season either. So I think ultimately Miles Sanders will not be an Eagle at a certain point. Yeah, that, well, but that's the interesting thing
3: too is, Sorry, real quick, the interesting thing, too, is if he doesn't get the ball and doesn't touch it a lot, like, he's not going to get paid. So, yes,
0: possible uh, too, but he, it you know, the so other he way might where pick people, a one-year
3: deal somewhere else. But people
0: look at him and say, oh, you don't have a lot of tread on your tires. It could go, True.
10: It's, you know, you never know. But I came into this season, you know, considering the circumstances and what we were looking at, that this was going to be a breakout year for Miles Sanders. Re- regardless of if, if, you know, we really did much this year, we we're going to at least see Miles Sanders be explosive in the running game, be a huge part of the pass game, try to take some pressure off, off of of Jalen Hurts, and and we just haven't seen it. And I just think a lot of it is because of just terrible play calling, and you can attribute that to seeing things like, you know, garbage time uh, passes over the middle of the Dallas Goddard, which they should be utilizing all game. And it it feels like this football team can't win a game unless you see them hit a big play down the field to Quez Watkins. If that doesn't happen, it just feels like, where's the chances of us winning a football game?
0: Good call, Leonard. Yeah, look, I, I... I I don't think there's a single Eagles fan or Eagles reporter or anyone out there doesn't think that Miles Sanders should be a bigger part of the game plan every week. <laughs> like it's just Yeah, and
3: you know a, a caller made this point just real quick. I like I I just refuse to believe that Sirianni sits in, in his office and goes, like, oh, yeah, everything's fine with the running game. Like, but the question is, why is it not changing, right? But I do believe – like, I don't think he listens to the radio, and I'm sure he listens to WIP all the time. And I don't think he disagrees with what he's hearing. Like, I think he knows they should be running the ball more. It's just something is happening. It's getting, like, lost in translation from, like, the play calling to being on the field to the game planning because I just refuse to believe – that he himself does not want to run the ball more.
0: I mean, unless he starts doing it, we might have to start believing. Let's Uh, squeeze one more call in here. Let's go to Orlando and talk to Scott. Hey, Scott.
2: Hey, fellas. You know, the game the other night, uh, that guy, uh, you know, here you got a third string with Cleveland, a third string running back. And he made that game. And uh, the only thing I can say about – uh, our,
6: our runner is that uh,
2: he doesn't see. He runs into that center and just gets clogged up there. He doesn't seem to bounce out. He gets those uh, open shots. And then one other thing that I think would really endear the uh, Philadelphia fans is uh, give my lot of the ball uh, down at the. Uh, uh, like it, that's not good. Well, he, he's he's running the ball. He played
0: rugby. Yeah, I mean, it, come on though, Scott. <laughs> Scott, all right, great call, buddy. But but the, I, I think we're making a moratorium now. There, no one is allowed to mention Jordan Mailata running the ball anymore. It is over. On this show, well, look, we will not allow it. I, you will get cut off the air if you make a comment about Jordan Mailata running the ball. We're past that. He's the future franchise left tackle. Like, enough of this.
3: Go ahead. Well, and also, they won't even give Miles Sanders the ball. Nah,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. Like, if
3: enough. they're running it 30 times a game, then maybe, yeah, who knows? You know, But they clearly, if they're not going to give Miles Sanders the ball. I think it's safe to say they're not going to be giving it to yeah, Jordan Mailata. Enough,
0: enough. All right, uh, Elliot. Uh, as we've talked about, like if this team is going to do anything with this season, tomorrow's a game they have to win. What is your prediction for this Eagles Raiders game tomorrow?
3: I think they win. I think in general, they're going to beat teams that have bad offensive lines and quarterbacks that aren't like the elite of the elite. Now Derek Carr, big game for him tomorrow, just in the, you know, my personal record book of seeing where I would rank him. Cause I'm not really sure, but I don't think he's like top eight, top seven type guy. I think he will turn the ball over. I think the offensive line of the Raiders is there to be taken advantage of. And we've all seen this over the years. When the Eagles beat the offensive line and get that after the passer, they win the game. So I do think they win it. I think the offense has a better day. I think they win it 27-17. to 17. Yeah,
0: I, I can't predict them to win it. I think they lose. But but I think it's a closer game than you do. I think it's a three-point game one way or the other. And and I, I think something you said earlier this show that you brought up, the idea of something that I think is the single biggest reason I'm not sure they're not going to win tomorrow because I think the Raiders are a better football team top to bottom. But I do think what happened last week with them going out and fighting for that guy, the Rick, Rich Passaccia, and fighting for the special teams coach and fighting for Gruden being gone and taking their team back and all that, Like, I think that, that there is going to be a natural letdown after that, as your yeah. stat about interim coaches pointed out. So I think there's a real chance that they don't get the Raiders' best tomorrow. And I think if that happens and they can jump on it and seize it, I think they have a chance. So I, I definitely think they have a chance to win. I just... I, I haven't seen enough from them to say they're going to go into Las Vegas and win. All right. Uh, thank you to everyone who called in. Uh, we literally could not do this show without you thinking of Dan Wilson, behind the Glass. Thank you, Elliot, for taking time out of his Vegas trip to talk to us. That was fun, buddy.
3: Mm. Happy to do it. All
0: right. Um, again, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, coming up next, a uh, little college football action, so keep it here. It's Elliot. It's James. Thanks for listening to another edition of Go Birds Radio right here on 94 WIP.